welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. (laughs) Welcome to, oh my God, episode 42 of the Karen Kenny Show. You guys, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm banging out a couple of episodes today because my um, my little podcast team that helps me, they are demonstrating awesome home uh, work family balance lives. So they're like, hey, KK, we're like closing down shop from like December 23rd to like January 2nd. So get your shit together. Well, my shit's always together. You know what I mean? Get it together and send us a few episodes. So today, I'm up in my office hanging out like a little weirdo (laughs) by myself. And uh, so this episode 42, I think I'm going to call it some version of, I always say like, don't hold me to these titles because I could, I, 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 I hold on to the right, right. uh, To change my mind. (laughs) I might want to pivot, but right now I'm thinking I'm going to call this sucker. What needs to stay, go and grow. In 2020, what needs to stay, what needs to go, what needs to grow in 2020. So um, I uh, was talking to somebody the other day, somebody who uh, doesn't really know me super well, and they were like, hey, like, what do you do? Like, hey, the the non-drinking vegan, (laughs) like, what do you do for fun on New Year's Eve? Like, what do you do? Do you go out? Like, you, you know, they know that my sweetie, my husband, Chris, is a professional musician. So they're like, do you go to his gigs? And I was like, okay, here's the deal. Uh, being married to a professional musician, as you can imagine, for many, many, many years in the past, uh, I spent a lot of time in bars surrounded by like really loud, drunk people. <laughs> like, woo, right? And they're all waiting around until like, uh, I, I'd be waiting around, I should say. I'd be like kind of weaving around the drunkenness. Uh, I would just try to, I would go to my sweetie's gigs, I would hang out and I'd wait until midnight so I could like, boom, try to sneak in a, a wicked fast, quick kiss before the band launches into old Lang Zai, you know, and plays the music and everybody's like, Bring! like I'm making a lot of noise and all that stuff. But I'd be like, I would hang out the whole time just for like that, you know, three second kiss. And then it occurred to me like, yeah, I don't think I want to do that anymore. I don't want to be out when it's cold. You know, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm going to sound old right now, but I accept it, right? It's like, I don't want to be out when it's cold. I don't want to be out when there's a bunch of drunk drivers. And I really like, I love New Year's Eve. I say it like this. I love my birthday. 10-4, good buddy. 10-4, good buddy. I love my birthday. My birthday is like uh, October 4th, if you didn't get my little joke. Um, I love my birthday because it's like a personal new year. Like it's literally like your very own clean slate new year of life, right? So I love my birthday because it gives me a chance to start to think about a little sooner than usual. Like, okay, 
what have these last like nine months been like, <laughs> right? Like, how do I feel about what's been going on? <laughs> and then I was like, uh, so I love that. And then I love January 1st. I love New Year's Day because it just is a clean slate and it feels like it's full of so much limitless possibility that me and my spiritual team can get together. And look, they're always on the job. I'm the one who's a little thick-headed. I'm the one that needs a little more help, like getting through to me sometimes, right? <laughs> so uh, we get another shot. We get another shot <laughs> to show up uh, and get better at giving and receiving love. So now on New Year's Eve, what I really prefer to do is to like just spend that time at home in, in a low-key contemplative like kind of way. So I have some nice little vegan snacks, you know, and I hang out with my furry kids. And this year, my sweet, this might be, you guys, this might be the first year. Now, knock on wood. Now I'm going to say it. Now I'm going to say it. And he's going to get a gig. So this might be the first year in 13 years of being together that my sweetie doesn't have a New Year's Eve gig. So this is like revolutionary if that happens. I'll, I'll report back and let you know how it goes. But, um, so, but normally what I do is I just, I just hang out in front of the fireplace. Me, the furry kids, some vegan snacks, some water, got to stay hydrated. And I have like a big like, uh, like sketch pad, like a journaling pad, because a lot of times, even as a writer, don't get me wrong, I love lined notebooks. I mean, pens and paper are like my favorite things in the world. Like Mac is like going into Staples is like, I don't know. It's like um, creative porn for me. It's like going into Staples. I'm always like, <gasps> markers and highlighters and paper and pencils and pens and tape and mailing envelopes and like stickers and glue. Like I just like lose it. You know, I love it. So um, I get to hang out and I like to have a sketch pad because even though I love lined notebooks, lined notebooks, especially as a kid, I was that kid. This might be like no surprise to you guys at home, uh, but I was that kid who never liked to color outside the lines. I did not like to color outside the lines when I was a kid. My, 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 my coloring books were like perfect. <laughs> I was like perfect inside the lines. And if I drew outside the line, if like one of my, one of my sisters or one of my bratty, yeah, one of my bratty sisters uh, like whacked my hand and made me draw outside the line, I would uh, just throw it out. I just, it was not good enough. <laughs> I sounded like such an uptight kid, but I wasn't. I was just wicked sen sensitive and I had preferences and I knew what I liked. <laughs> I liked staying inside the lines. All right, anyways. So, but now as an adult, um, lined notebooks are really good because they allow my thinking to be very linear, which is awesome. Like when I'm, when I'm like, I'm just taking notes and I know where I'm going and I want to write something down. It keeps me kind of a little bit contained. But when I'm in ideation, when I'm in creative mode, I like to have a sketch pad instead. So there's great notebooks. There's all kinds of notebooks. You can go to like, you know, Michael's, you know, craft store. You can order them online. Um, there's a, um, a, a notebook company I love called Decomposition Notebooks because I really like the old school notebooks that we like wrote in when we were kids, the composition notebooks. Those are really fun. But I like larger um, sketching pads for this. And then I have no lines and I have no boundaries and I can color and draw and write and highlight and make a mess and do whatever I want to do. And that's what I love to do. So I sit down and, and this, is, this is kind of the deal for me on um, like New Year's Eve and as I'm starting to think about it. And if you listen to the last episode I did, episode 41, it basically says a healed mind. So A Course in Miracles has a line that says, a healed mind does not plan. And I wanted to be really clear about that. It's not saying that you don't follow a plan. It doesn't mean you just do your life like fucking willy nilly, right? Like no plan, like seat of your pants, woo, on fire, right? Like, no, what it means is that 
you can follow the plan. You just don't make the plan by yourself, right? You make the plan with your inner teacher, with Holy Spirit, with your spiritual team, whatever you want to call it, your highest self, your inner knowing, God's voice. Again, don't care what you call it. So you don't make the plan by yourself, AKA with the ego, you um, follow the plan that arises in your consciousness when you're doing spiritual practices, when the mind starts to quiet enough that you can actually hear some instructions. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. So I always say this, I say when, I, when I'm starting to look at the year that is approaching, and look, we all know this, like time and space, it's like not real. It's just not real. It feels really real. But time and space on some level is just like a construct in our minds that we've created. But still, like we feel like we're here and we feel like there's months and days and years and sun up and sundown and night and all that stuff. So like, why not follow the calendar? Like, why not do it? So if we're going to live within the construct though, just know it's like, I always say like, be in the world, but not of the world. Like live in the world, but love beyond the world. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but like for you for, to, to like kind of grasp, I always say like, keep your hands, keep your hands busy with your work, but keep your mind on God and like allow ourselves to move from the very limited construct of the world and tap into the limitless. Like that's what I love to do on New Year's Eve is to start to tap into the limitless. So I often say like when I'm quote unquote planning with my spiritual team, um, I always say it's hard to know where you're going if you don't know where you're coming from, right? You got to know where you're coming from to know where you're going. And this is just kind of also like one of the ways that I work with my mentoring clients. It's like, you know, we have to take a look at that story that you've been telling in order for us to surrender it to spirit, in order to rewrite it with spirit. And so we can go out and start to live it, right? Like we have to, um, know where we're coming from. Like, it doesn't mean that we're going to sit there and we're going to like ad nauseum, like just re like, oh, like just rehash all your traumas and dramas because the healing doesn't happen in the past. The healing happens in the present moment, but it's good to get a little directions like, oh yeah, I can see, I can see where I built these walls, these blocks, these barriers, right? So had to know where you're going if you don't know where you're coming from. So like, this is what I do. So this is what I do. I'm going to walk you through my little three-step process. <laughs> <laughs> maybe and hopefully fingers crossed you guys right I always say I do this show because I want to be helpful I want to add some um, I don't know some love into your life some value into your life I want to maybe uh, somebody said the other day that I do edutainment that I <laughs> educate and entertain at the same time Ooh, I hope so otherwise it'd be wicked boring to just sit around and listen to me like run my mouth so okay step one this is what I do so what I do is I take some time and I look at the past year and I kind of like take stock of um, the people that weren't so fun. <laughs> I saw a great quote the other day. Who said it? Oh, look it. I'm going to look. I'm actually going to pull up my, my damn Instagram story right now so I can see because I shared it. I shared it in my story because I thought it was, I thought it was a good one. I'm going to tell you who said it right now. Beep. Oh, no, I'm not because it already expired. Motherfucker. Okay. Anyways, it was something like this. And whoever you are, I'm so sorry that I can't remember if it was you. But if I remember, I will give credit in the show notes. But they basically said, like, it's really hard to stand up to your enemies. It takes a lot of courage to stand up to your enemies. Uh, but it takes even more courage to stand up to your, quote unquote, friends. 
And this is something that I think about. So sometimes, you know, when we take stock, when we look back at our life and we look back at the last year or a couple of years, we have to take stock of, of the people in our lives who maybe like we start to realize like, oh yeah, that wasn't so fun. Like don't want to do that anymore, right? We also have to take a look at the, the places where we have personally fell short and places where maybe the plan fell apart. <laughs> so I always say we're looking at the people we're looking at the places, we're looking at the plans and the projects and the promotions. We're just looking at all that stuff. And we're, we're like, okay, where did this not work? What fell apart? What was kind of a shit show, right? And I call this the lessons. So step one is the lessons, like taking a look at that stuff. Okay. And then step two, right? We're looking and look, let's look at this. The lessons doesn't mean that it was all negative. Even I always say mentors are great, but tormentors take you a long way too, right? So let's not label these things as like bad. I see them as opportunities. I see them as opportunities to get even more clear, to get like wicked, wicked, wicked clear about like, oh yeah, that, that's had its time. It's time to like say adios, grateful, and moving on, right? And we're back, moving on, right? So the lessons doesn't mean that it was like awful. Not saying that sometimes a lesson doesn't feel awful when you're in it, <laughs> but okay, number one, the lessons. Number two, I also reflect back on like, did I fulfill like my purpose, my ministry, my mission was my message and what I was putting out into the world? Was I demonstrating and like, was I demonstrating my love? Like all that stuff, right? I kind of look at it and I say, I look back at like, well, what went well? What did I accomplish? What did I feel happy about? What did I feel proud of? Who did I have a blast hanging out with? Like, I, this is the time when I just kind of reflect on everybody and everything that I'm grateful for, right? And this is like part two, which I call the love. So step one, we're taking a look at the lessons and I'm writing them down usually. I'm using little things with my note. I'm making little notes. I like whatever. I use different colored markers. I have a lot of fun. So I start to reflect. So before I do any writing, I just start to think, right? I like to do it mentally and then I kind of bring it down. I ground it and bring it down into the world by putting it on paper. So number one, the lessons. Number two, we're looking at everything and everybody we're grateful for, what went well, what we really kicked ass at, what we excelled at, how we surprised ourselves, like all the goodies, right? Like all the goodies. Like, if, you know, back in the day, the Cracker Jack, Cracker Jack's box, you'd get the little prize. And this is the thing where we're like, oh, this is all the love. Step two, the love. Okay. And then number three, <laughs> so number three is when I take a wicked honest look at like the who, the what, the where, the whys, and the hows that were all a hindrance to me instead of a help. All the shit, all the stuff, all the blocks and the barriers, all those things. So these are like the old relationships and it might be a new relationship that needs to be in your rear view mirror. But so I'll just call them like this, the old relationships, the old patterns, the old places, the old habits, the old commitments, the old systems, all the stuff that were like a fucking drag. You know what I mean? Like it was just a drag and it was just like, uh, and these are the things that we know. We take a wicked, honest look, right? These are the things that we know have to be surrendered that like, and this is sometimes like the hottest pot because there's a great quote. And again, I don't know who said it, um, but it's how I feel. And um, it's, I've always kind of said it, but like in a different way, but I really love the succinctness of this. 
Um, and it's basically like, um, there are some people in my life who, uh, and th- I'm not just talking currently, I'm talking like all throughout my life, like my whole life. So it could be a, it could be a lot of people, but there are some people in my life that, uh, that I, I still have love for that I'll never talk to again. Uh, just because they were no longer, and I don't mean helpful, like transactional. I just mean like it had its learning opportunity. We all learned what we needed to get from each other. And now, now we've moved on. Right. So it's not like I'm sitting there embittered or I hate them or like whatever. It's just like, okay, we came together. We did what we had to do. And of course in miracles, we call it like the three levels of teaching. And that's kind of like what I would call a level two teaching of somebody who maybe you spent a little time with. And whether that was intimately in a sexual relationship, a marriage, a friendship, um, whatever it was, maybe a business partnership, whatever. You did your time. You both, it was maximal. It was maximal. So you both gave and received all the love you could. You both learned all the lessons you could, got all the healing you could from each other, and then you're on your way, right? And so sometimes this is the hottest part because this is the part, step three, where we're letting go right? So step one, we have the lessons. We're looking back. Step two, we've, we focus on the love. Uh, and then step three, um, this is the letting go part, the surrendering part. And it doesn't mean there's a difference between letting go. And somebody once said something wicked fun of me, funny to me. They said like, basically everything I'm paraphrasing, but like everything I ever had to let go of had, 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 had scratch marks in it. Like they're like just holding on for dear life. <laughs> So uh, this is a beautiful line of Course in Miracles that basically says, you know, come empty handed, like let go of all thoughts that you have of yourself, whatever you think you are, let go of all thoughts of whatever you think God is and just come like empty handed unto your God. So this is an opportunity. Don't think of letting go as if you're surrendering something in a way, like meaning you're sacrificing something. This is like a way of opening up to what is next, to what is good, to what is true, for what's trying to flow into your life. Because I always say it's hard to be full of God when you're already full of shit. You cannot fill um, a cup that's already full. There's, no, there's nothing to pour into. So we have to create some space. So we swing open the love doors. We open up the gratitude windows. We just say like, amen, hallelujah, let it blow through your house and moving on, right? So the three-step process is number one, the lessons, number two, the love, number three, the letting go. And so I look at this three-step process and I think of it like this. What did I learn? What did I learn? Lessons. What do I want to keep? The love. And what do I need to let go of? This is the letting go piece of surrendering it. And this is really like an intentional way of me tending to my own little corner of the spiritual garden. So I'll often say to people like, I find it so funny because I'll see a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people. Obviously, I work with a lot of people. But um, over the years, I've kind of heard a lot of people kind of complaining about like other people or other systems or other like just relation, like all the stuff. And I say, you know, um, part of our job is to not like try and fix our brothers and sisters or to correct them or to whatever. Our job is to get it right within ourselves. And I always say, um, you can't be complaining about the trash that's blown around in the street when it's actually coming from the garbage cans in your backyard, right? It's really easy to like see it out in front of your house and be like, oh, my neighbors are so messy. And it's like, yo, (laughs) it's blowing out. It's coming out from the lids that are off in your own trash can. Why don't you take a look in your own backyard? So we're assigned our own little corner to keep track of. I just noticed my hair is kind of like... (laughs) I look a little like, but um, it's kind of funny. Sorry. I just noticed myself. Um, So um, yeah, so really easy, really easy to be uh, looking and projecting out there when really we should be like kind of going in internally. And that's what this whole process really is. 
this is like an internal process of going within and seeing where we need to clean up our own space, clean up our own act. You know what I'm saying? What kind of a racket have you been running over there? <laughs> KK. Okay. So uh, I talk about this as tending to my own little corner of the spiritual garden. And it's really kind of fun because I often talk about, and the work that I do, I have a system, okay? We, we, in, in, in behind the scenes in the business world, we, we'll call it like the ultimate results system. And that's just a fancy way of saying, this is what I've discovered basically in all the years of doing my work, which I continue to add to, by the way, because anytime I hang out with somebody who's smarter than me, who's, who's saying, I always say, if somebody is saying super smarty pants things, I am smart enough to listen. When super smarty pants people are saying super smarty pants things, I am smart enough, amen, <laughs> to listen, right? I didn't always used to be smart enough to listen, but I've learned a lot. And so I'm always um, putting new tools in my toolbox too. I don't just stop, right? I don't just stop. If I'm here on the planet and I have a body, that means, right, some part of me, some part of me still believes in a deep way that I was able to be successful in separating from God. And so I'm like, okay, so obviously there's still some subconscious stuff uh, that needs attention. So I'm always open to learning, but mostly what I'm interested in nowadays is applying, applying and using the tools that I already have. But if something spectacular drops into my awareness, I'm going to pause and take a look at that. But the days of like, the days of like, reading all the self-help books because mo a lot of self-help people should not be writing self-help books. <laughs> Let me just say that. <laughs> oh, I don't mean to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean. It's just like, if, if you look at a way a person really lives their life, you know, just because, just because you say you are a thing, it doesn't make you a thing. And it's really easy. It's just really easy nowadays to like put yourself out there as, um, having, having your shit together when behind the scenes, it's like the circus has come to town. You know what I mean? So, um, all right. So, and we're back. So what I'm saying here is I talk about, um, taking care of your own little spiritual garden. And with my clients, I talk about it like this. I talk about the work that we do uh, in my one-to-one -one spiritual mentoring programs as it kind of being like a gardening process. And, um, and I'll break it down for you a little bit here too. So, and I do the same thing, you know, for myself, the, the, anything that I'm sharing with my clients, um, I've already tested it on myself. Like I do the same thing for myself, these processes, I guess they would say, because in a way you guys, I was my own first client. You know, I had to, um, I can't like, here's the thing. Like, let's say I was making a, a, a batch of vegan chili. I couldn't teach anybody else how to make the friggin' chili if I didn't already make it myself. Cause they'd be like, Hey, does this have beans in it? And I'd be like, I don't know. Is it spicy? I don't know. Uh, what's, what's the temperature I should have it on? I don't know. Is it nourishing? I don't How would I know unless I did it myself? The only way you can actually teach is if you have some hands-on experience and you have actually something <laughs> that's worth reporting back. Right? So I have been steadfast in my spiritual um, training. <laughs> I have been resolute in my spiritual training. I continue to do it every day. And uh, I am here now making my report. I am reporting back to you guys. These are the things that I've discovered. Okay. These are the things that I discovered. And I know because I applied them to my own life first. I applied them to my own mind first. I applied them to my own thoughts, words, and actions first. You guys, this doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It doesn't mean I don't screw up. And it doesn't mean that I'm not sometimes clumsy. 
but thank God I'm not too proud to admit that I'm wrong, to get feedback, to say I'm sorry. Those were all things that I really, those were muscles I really had to learn too, because like back in the day, way back in the day, um, when um, I've, I've, I've over, I do not feel um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe if I sat down with some super fancy psychiatrist, they'd say to me that I'm full of shit, but I don't feel that way when I say this, that I, I don't, I used to have that sense that I wasn't worthy or I wasn't lovable. I don't feel that way anymore. At least in my own awareness, I don't feel that way anymore. Um, but back in the day, it used to be really hard for me to admit that I was wrong because if I was wrong, if I was wrong, it mean I made a mistake. And if I made a mistake, it meant that I wasn't lovable, which is something that comes like way back from my childhood conditioning. But um, I now no longer believe that, right? So I'm, I'm much more likely now to acknowledge the places where I trespassed or I made a mistake or I was clumsy because I'm never, if I do it, I'm never doing it. I'm never doing it to be harmful. I really am just like caught, I was either blinded by my own bullshit or blinded by something and I didn't realize it or I wasn't sensitive enough, but I never, ever, ever, I always do my best. Uh, to come from a place of love uh, just because I try and that's my intention doesn't mean I'm always you know successful Okay, so going back to this process that I was talking about this ultimate results system So I have the system that I've created over time, right? And it has these like three steps uh, Kind of four steps if you wanted to look at it, but it's really like three steps um, and so uh, Part of it though is like so I again I had to go first. So these are the steps that I applied to myself It looks something like this first of all number one right? In the gardening process, in the gardening process, you have to be willing. I had to be willing to get my hands dirty, right? I had to get down and get real and get close to the thing. So I had to get my hands dirty. I had to do some serious tilling, some tilling of the soil so I could get down to the root of things. Like what was my story? Where was I coming from? What was going on? What's happening here? Okay. Then I had to get really honest and ask myself, all right, so what kind of seeds have you been planting though? right? What had I planted? Who, what, and how had I nourished them or nurtured them with, right? So it's like, just think about this, this planting process, right? And then I had to like, what seeds am I planting all the time? You plant the seed, that sucker is going to grow. You know what I'm saying? So if you're planting seeds of love, if you're planting seeds of connection, if you're planting seeds of um, kindness and compassion and creativity and not competing, but instead you are collaborating and you're um, actually um, allowing yourself to go deep. You're allowing yourself to be seen. And a lot of us don't like to be seen because we have a lot of shame. And when you have a lot of shame, it often leads to isolation and loneliness. And that's a story for another day, but just to, to be aware of that, right? So first of all, we get our hands dirty. Then we have to ask ourselves, what kind of seeds have, have I been planting? Then we have to get clear. This is the path. We got to get clear on who or what am I willing to prune back? Who or what am I willing to prune back and remove? Like literally, what are some of the things, um, habits, people's commitments, uh, overextending yourself, your busyness, uh, not asking for help, all the behaviors and patterns and thought systems and all these things that I do. What am I willing to remove to allow more light, more sunshine, right? To, to nourish those seeds into my life and to allow for new growth. And then also, um, looking at like the, the, what were the fruits of my labor, not being attached to the fruits of your labor, but really taking a look at them. Like what were the fruits of my labor this past year? And then how did I share the bounty of the, 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 the goodness and the love 
and the, um, you know, what, what did you harvest and how did you share it with your brothers and sisters? So you can see from all these metaphors or whatever, it's like this gardening process. That's what spiritual work is. And in the, in the system that I use, right, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a, um, would it be, a, I, can, I never get it right. My friends, my, my, my other two friends, I'm always like, wait, what's the difference between a, a metaphor and an allegory and a whatever? <laughs> but I know what I'm saying, right? So I'm just kind of trying to draw some connections between the mining, the internal work of spiritual mentoring work and also this process of gardening. And my beloved meditation teacher, Eknath Ashwaran, um, he tells a great story to illustrate this point. And I actually like have it uh, written down in front of me because I don't want to screw it up because his genius is, um, his genius is that he is really accessible. He, he, and it's also, obviously you can tell the way that I've been influenced from my teachers is they're really great at taking these larger spiritual concepts and bringing them down to earth so that we can actually live them. Because if you can't live them, they don't mean shit. If you can't apply it and have a firsthand experience of God, it's too ethereal. It doesn't mean anything. You don't feel connected. You still feel like it's something that's out there instead of drawing it down from your head into your hat. And then you can take it out into the world through your hands. You know what I'm saying? So here's something that he tells his story. So this is now me reading Eknath Ashwaran. He says, on the blue mountain in South India, we had a little garden with a number of peach, pear, apple, and cherimoya trees. Now, these trees had never been pruned, and they had been allowed to grow in any direction they liked. And the garden was so small that they were all crowded close together. Their branches were tangled. Fresh growth was choked by the snarl of dead limbs, and it was impossible for them to bear good fruit. And it took a lot of work to prune that garden. And when we were done, the trees looked denuded. All the dead branches had been cut away and nothing new had yet begun to grow. It was only when spring came that I was convinced that the pruning had been a mistake. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it was only when spring came that I was convinced that the pruning hadn't been a mistake. When I saw those trees all gracefully wearing their fresh leaves and decked with blossoms. He said, and now he's making the parallel between our minds and humans. He says, when we have free roaming, unpruned self-will like this, when we've been letting our likes and dislikes run rampant for 20 or 30 or 40, 50 years, <laughs> the process of pruning can be quite painful. Not only that, we will not always be at our best. Sometimes we may be able to forbear gracefully, but there are going to be times, he would say going to be, let me read it properly. <laughs> there are going to be times when our smile looks more like a grimace or we have to rush out the door repeating our mantra or mantram. This is the pruning period when life can look pretty drab. The dead branches of our old habits will be lying all around us and the new leaves will not yet have begun to grow. Man, I can relate to that. But for all of us, he says, if we keep at our pruning carefully, the spring is bound to come. And there will still be gardening to do. But when we see our new ways blossoming 
and the good fruit we have begun to bear for others, this pruning of self-will will be a source of lasting satisfaction. Oh, you guys, so good, so good. So listen to this, when he says, when we have free roaming and unpruned self-will, when we've been letting our likes and dislikes, our opinions, our thoughts, our bullshit stories, all of it run rampant for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years, or 50, it's like this process of pruning can be quite painful. This process of looking at your own life and taking responsibility for what has been going down, the, the lens you've been looking through, the perspective that you've had, the perception that you've had of whether you feel victimized or you feel small or you feel like whatever, you, all your stuff. When we start to try to prune this back and get right with ourselves and start to do the work, it can be painful. But what he's saying is prune away, start to cut away at all these things that aren't really you. It's like what we would say in A Course in Miracles. It's like, it's like removing the blocks and the barriers that you've built against your awareness of love. Like it's such powerful work, this pruning process. And this is the stuff that I love to do with my clients. Like we're starting to prune, we're starting to dig, we're starting to nurture and nourish. We're starting to create new pathways in the mind. We're starting to relinquish, we're cutting away the old patterns of selfishness, of smallness, of sickness, of thoughts of sin, scarcity, all of it, shame. And we start instead to grow a thought system that is based on love. And A Course in Miracles, they also have a little section that I love, and it's called The Little Garden. It's The Little Garden, you guys. It makes me so happy to say it. The Garden. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read a little bit now from Course in Miracles so you can also see this perspective because I think it's awesome and wicked helpful. Okay, so stay with me. Stay with me now. It says this, the thought of God surrounds your little kingdom waiting at the barrier you built to come inside and shine upon the barren ground. See how life springs up everywhere? The desert becomes a garden green and deep and quiet, offering rest to those who've lost their way and have been wandering in the dust. Give them a place of refuge prepared by love for them where once a desert was. And everyone you welcome will bring love with them from heaven for you. And they enter one by one into this holy place, but they will not depart as they had come alone. The love they brought with them will stay with them as it will stay with you. And under its beneficence, your little garden will expand and reach out to everyone who thirsts for living water, but has grown too weary to go on alone. This right here, you guys, I'm interjecting. This is the heartbeat of fearless flow mentoring. This is one of the deep heartbeats of your story to your glory, the work that I do, the mentoring that I do, the system that I use right? Your garden will expand. It will reach out to everyone who thirsts for living water, but has grown too weary to go on alone. Go out and find them for they bring yourself with them and then lead them gently to your quiet garden and receive their blessing there. 
so will it grow and stretch across the desert, leaving no lonely little kingdoms locked away from love and leaving you inside. And you will recognize yourself and see your little garden gently transformed into the kingdom of heaven with all the love of its creator shining upon it. Oh, it's so good, you guys. So in spiritual mentoring, what I'm hoping to do is to create a holy place, a place where you can recognize your own wholeness, that you will not depart at the end of our time working together the same way that you came in feeling alone. And the love, the love that you bring with you and the love that we share in the group, and you know what I'm talking about when I say love, right? It's like, it's like the experience that we have when we start to understand that we have been so thirsty and so hungry. We have been undernourished and undernurtured and we come together. We do this work. We start to prune. We start to get our hands dirty. We start to let go. And really it's the process of your story to your glory, which is the system that I use. And we can look at it through the gardening metaphor. It's really this telling the story, letting go of the story, looking at it through a new lens of love with spirit, your spiritual team, and then going out and living and being able to share, share the love that you have. That's your only gig. Your only gig here really is to get better at giving and receiving love, to extend the love that you are. And for so long, we do feel like that we're in our own little lonely kingdoms locked away. And we feel so limited. We feel so limited sometimes by this human experience. And so I'm just really excited, right? So we'll circle back one more time to think about this, right? As we're moving into this, because I think you guys are going to be listening to this probably, um, what? I think you're going to be getting this the day after Christmas. So if you celebrate Christmas, whatever your holiday happens to be, I hope it was amazing. <laughs> Number one, I hope it was amazing. I hope it was a blast. Um, I hope that you felt connected to your source, to yourself, to your people, to your family, your friends, your community, to your furry kids, your pets, <laughs> to the world around you. Um, but if you haven't been having such a good go of it alone, you guys, if you've been struggling or suffering, like now's the time to start to think about like how we might want to do it differently. So for you, as we're approaching this time between now and January 1, as we're starting to come up this last week of the year of 2019, before we move into, right, before we move into um, the new year, be thinking about this three-step process and maybe you'll want to do this for yourself. So we take a look at number one, the lessons. We take a look at number two, the love. And then we start to take a look at what we're ready to, what we're prepared to, finally, finally, to let go. So this is a process of gardening of the self, of gardening your own little corner, your own little corner of the spiritual garden where we have to take a look at ourselves because how can we actually be in relationships with other people? How can we be helpful uh, to our jobs, our crafts, our relationships, your children, whatever, if you're not right, if your mind isn't right, meaning if you're not aligning yourself consistently with joy, peace, and happiness, if you're not feeling like you're moving through the world and living in love, right? So this is a great opportunity to kind of take a look back, to make some new choices. And, and the thing is, you don't have to do it alone. That's what's so amazing. So look, I always say to people, if you're sick and tired, <laughs> if you're sick and tired of trying to navigate 
navigate this being human experience, which can be so hard. It doesn't have to be hard, but it feels hard. It doesn't have to be hard. That's the work that I do. You know, I work with people who have had some really hard, some wicked hard shit happen to them, you know, sometimes more than their fair share. And I help them to start to learn to live a life like nothing bad has ever happened, to gather these tools, to gather new ways of being, to be able to look at things through a new perspective, to take responsibility, to know that they always have a choice, to surrender these concepts of themselves as small and sinful and separated and broken and a mess and blah, 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 all the things, all the blocks and the um, barriers and the bullshit stories we tell that keep us from knowing ourselves as we truly are as children of God. And so this work, this work that you get to do on uh, New Year's Eve, it's a, it's a part of kind of stepping into uh, the deeper work of how you want 2020 to begin to look. And uh, in the work that I do with people, I always say, I jokingly call it spiritual and personality rehab. <laughs> so we spend time together in my two programs. Um, and I have a three-month program, the Your Story to Your Glory one-to-one -one mentoring program. I'm only working one-to-one -one with people now. And uh, also my 12-month Fearless Flow custom VIP program, which is pretty cool. And here's the thing, you guys, good news. Good news is you're starting to do this work. As you're starting to say, you might start to realize like, hey, I'm finally ready to do this um, uh, not on my own anymore. Um, I've recognized that my best thinking has gotten me where I am and that I need some help. And good news because I'll be opening up eight more spots, uh, eight more spots in uh, January 2020 into my one-to-one -one mentoring programs. And I'm wicked excited. So look, if you're ready to do some pruning, you know, if you're ready to do some pruning, if you're ready to uh, kind of take an unflinching look at um, letting go of all of your old bullshit stories, all the blocks, all the barriers that you've built in your own world, in your own life, in your own mind against love, happiness, and peace. And if you're feeling like, hey, KK, let's go. Let's do this. I'm ready to grow. Um, then go to my website, you guys. Go to the website, karenkenny.com, K-E-N-N-E-Y.com. And on there, you're going to see the little tab that says work with me. And if you go to that sucker, it will talk to you about the work that I do. It will talk to you about, it will show you the two programs. You get to go on there, click on those things, read them, discover which one is best for you, self-identify, recognize it, and then you fill out an application. You fill out that application, I answer personally. I check that sucker out. And then if it feels like a good fit, if it feels like you're actually ready and you're serious about committing, to changing your life. And by changing your life, don't get scared about that. Sometimes we always think like, oh my God, I'm going to transform my whole life. Everything's going to fall apart. Well, not really. You know what I'm saying? But we are going to do a deep dive. We are going to spend some time together getting serious. I always say I take this work wicked seriously, but we have a lot of fun. We laugh a lot and uh, it's a really incredible process. And it's always, it's always such a huge honor for me. You know, one of the other heartbeats of Fearless Flow Mentoring is this. It's if you knew who walks beside you on this way that you have chosen, uh, fear, fear would be impossible. And obviously that's talking about if you knew who walks beside you, AKA, uh, again, you can call it Jesus, Holy Spirit, uh, spiritual team. You might even think of it as God, right? If you knew who walked beside you on this way that you have chosen, fear would be impossible. And in the beginning, right, when we start to recognize that um, doing it on our own isn't working anymore, um, I, that's where I come in and I walk with you for part of the way, but my walking with you, I always say you hold my hand. I will take your hand and walk with you until you're ready to grab, um, the true hand 
of your own inner teacher. Again, whether you call that Jesus, source, God, Holy Spirit, spiritual team, right? So we'll hold hands for a little while until you choose to let go and to grab hold of the hand of your own inner teacher. And it is a truly, um, I take, like I said, like I think about this and I think about my clients and I think about the work that we've done over these years. And it's, it's just remarkable. And I'm so lucky and I'm so blessed that I get to do this for a living. And um, it, it is truly, you know, look, it's not something that I just do to do. It is part of my ministry. It is part of my calling. Um, and I would love to have the opportunity if it resonates with you um, to do this. And you guys, if anything, if any, you might be saying like, hey, I, I'm, I don't, financially, I can't yet yet, yet, right? But you can always start a plan. You can always start a plan to like, hey, KK, I know that I want to work with you. Uh, I'm going to start getting my financial affairs in order so we can make this happen. But in the meantime, you always have this podcast as a free resource. You also have um, the Sunday Spirituals, which will be coming back in 2020. Another free resource, right? Always I'm posting shit on the internet. I'm posting stuff online, Facebook, Instagram, little things. It's either, again, entertain, educate, elevate, or enlighten. Um, you can follow me there on Instagram or Facebook. It's just Karen Kenny Live, L-I-V-E. Uh, and I'm also going to be creating a couple of other programs um, in the new year. One, I think, don't hold me to this, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be doing uh, How to Get Started with A Course in Miracles, a little kickoff to A Course in Miracles, because <laughs> it changed my life so much. And I want to just at least help people to know how to start working with it and how to start studying it and to become a student themselves, because it has been one of the great life changes, one of the great game changes in my life. And then I'm also thinking about doing... Um, another course that's going to have some online modules and stuff like that. And um, yeah, so I got some stuff in the works I'm pretty excited about and, um, and that's it. But what I'm most excited about is opening up these eight spots. I, I keep my, I keep my client list small and it's, um, it's like handpicked. You know what I mean? Like people want, not everybody, not everybody who reaches out, are we a good fit? And if we're not a good fit, I'll, I'll either refer you to somebody else who I think is a good fit. Um, or it just might not be the right time or whatever. But I love when we both get to say yes, when somebody who is really committed and really serious and really ready, and then we dive into this relationship that is spiritual mentoring. It is, uh, it is like just one of the greatest joys of my life and one of the, the deep honors of my life. So you guys, thank you so much for taking some time on the day after Christmas. If that's when you're listening, <laughs> it might take you a few days to catch up if you're spending time with your family and doing all kinds of fun stuff. But just thank you. And I hope you get to listen to this before uh, the new year so that you can, uh, if you want to, like you can do those three steps at any time, but it can be really fun to kind of go into uh, 2020 feeling like you got a clean slate. Um, if any part of the show, if you think it's been helpful or you can think of somebody who could benefit from hearing this, you guys, please, for love of God, do, like one of the things I'm working on, I'll just say this, one of the things I'm going to be working on in 2020 is getting better at asking for help in helping me to spread the light and the love, to spread the good word, to help me to spread like, you know, the stuff about the Sunday spiritual or spread this show or, or just, you know, things that I have going on that I believe that, um, that I always say like people, people don't know that there's help unless you know, let people know that there's help. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't know how to find a spiritual mentor or a spiritual teacher sometimes unless they know, like you're out there and you're telling people, hey, this is what I offer. So one of the things that my spiritual team has been very clear about is that KK has to get better at asking for help 
asking, um, asking um, the people who my, my stuff resonates with, my message or my ministry, um, my mission resonates with, and asking you guys to help me to spread the news, to spread the good word, to spread the love. And I often say to my own clients, you know, um, and the Course in Miracles is a concept that says to teach is to demonstrate. And we are always demonstrating what thought system, what teacher we have chosen, either love or fear or ego or spirit. And um, we, we talk about how um, I, I will often say, like, you know, we're constantly demonstrating by the quality of our thoughts, words, and actions. And especially the way that we're communicating, like these days is so wicked important. And I often say to people, like, you know, you have to be like wicked vigilant and wicked mindful because your words, your words, right, might be the only gospel that somebody hears that day. It might be the only love or kindness that they hear that day. It might be the only one to extend a helping hand that day. And, you know, the work that I do, it's not just for me. Like I, I just know that there is so much suffering in the world. And I also know that um, it doesn't have to be so much suffering in the world. And I believe deep in my heart that happy people tend not to hurt people. So if I can get more and more tools into the hands of people, if I can uh, extend love from my heart into theirs, from my mind into their mind, which there really is only one, one mind, but we actually believe that we're separate. So, um, and it's not me, right? It's not me who does the healing, but it's just like giving people opportunities to know that there's a different way and that there's a different choice. And if you guys could help me with that, I would be so grateful. So you guys, you know, I think you're the balls. I love you. If you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, I got love in my hat for you. <laughs> so thank you so much for taking time out of your life, out of your busy day to spend a little time with me here. Uh, I love you. I see you. I celebrate you. I hear you. And uh, wherever you go, wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.